2: Welcome everyone. Uh, I'm Bruce Ackfeld. I'm your host. This is the Thinking Outside the Bud podcast and here we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the cannabis space um, from a business uh, production point. Um, I have my guest today is uh, Stefan Duperville. Stefan, welcome to the program.
3: Thanks for having me, Bruce.
2: Um, And let me just give uh, people listening a background, a little bit of background uh, on you. So if people haven't figured out uh, by the little bit of accent that we've uh, heard in your name, uh, you were (laughs) um, born and raised in Montreal, or actually not born, raised in Montreal. Were you born in Montreal?
3: Actually, I wasn't. I was born in Haiti. Born in Haiti? I was raised in Montreal, yeah.
2: Raised in Montreal, one of my favorite cities. Stefan is a graduate of McGill University in both microbiology and management, my alma mater. So I I love to see McGill on the list here. Yeah. And the reason he's here today is because he is head of quality and compliance for Canicure Corporation. And we'll talk a little bit more about Canicure and his role there, uh, as well as kind of what's going on in the Canadian cannabis market and the cannabis space. And you guys have facilities in Fort Erie, which I believe is near Buffalo, if I remember yeah, exactly. correctly, and Essex County, which I think is the other side of the lake, yeah. over by Detroit.
3: Um, exactly. That's exactly
2: it. So right, right, kind of on the on the U.S. border, but uh, both Canadian facilities. So why don't we start just with kind of helping people understand. What, what's you know kind of what's been going on in Canada relative to the cannabis market? I know you've got a, a very photogenic. A leader right now who has been very big on talking about cannabis. I know the provinces have been doing various things. Give us a little bit of background on what's going on with the, the cannabis space there.
3: All right. Uh, to, to go at it very quickly, like we talk a lot about legalization for the recreational market right now. And this is what's happening with Trudeau and, and what you alluded to. But all this started a while ago with the first uh, legislation for medical marijuana. So the thing is, at the beginning, you had only a crown corporation that could sell medical marijuana marijuana to a very small amount of people and then they could not supply. So they had created a second legislation where people could, well, more people could apply and companies started that way. This is where you have uh, those tweed and all the and all the bigger companies. That's when they started. And under this uh, company, under this uh, regulation, that was called the MMPR, which is the medical marijuana production regulation.
2: Okay, And crown, just to clarify for folks, uh, uh, when we talk about a crown company, that's a government, a government organization. Yeah, exactly. So originally it was controlled by the government. The government said, Okay, we're gonna do we're gonna control the the actual production of cannabis for the medical market.
3: That's exactly it. All right so the problem with the with the mmpr is that it created uh it was uh it was basically saying that people could not grow their own which was a little bit which was kind of possible like uh, i'm talking about individual here yeah. so individual could not grow their own and this was possible before and this was struck down by the supreme court and then a new regulation had to be created and that's the acmpr which is basically a mix where you could have people that could grow their own medical marijuana and still had the companies that had to grow to get their licenses And uh, and grow this way.
2: Got it. So this is growing for personal use. This is I can grow my own medical marijuana for my own
3: personal use. Yeah, exactly. Got so it. right now, this yeah. is the situation. So you have companies that can grow marijuana for any random person, mm-hmm. or you can have you yourself, you have a medical, you have your medical card, mm-hmm. so you can grow your medical marijuana for yourself. Got it. There's, of course, you know, restrictions there, the amount you can grow and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, so there's the situation right now. And then what, uh, Trudeau is, uh, what has been going on in the past few months that everybody's talking about is the stock market going up, you know, yeah. and well down these days, but, uh, <laughs> either way, like. It's been moving. It's really because uh, recreationally, like it would be legal for companies to sell to recreational users. So you're removing the medical part and people that want to, to buy marijuana to get high. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't so this is basically the end of prohibition. Got it. And it as uh, everyone here, very very excited about this.
2: And what's so the legislation is in place? Like what's what is the actual status and what's the timing of of the market actually from a you know boots on the ground you know people let, being able to actually go down the street and purchase recreational marijuana? Where are we?
3: Yeah, we're a few months away. I would say yeah. like uh, the the last hurdle, which was the Senate got passed a few weeks ago. Okay. It was uh, really good news. Now the government has to put in place the regulation. So yeah. they They've had the uh, time to, to, you know, they've done public consultations. Uh, they have draft regulations that are and propositions that are that have been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is working. Uh, the goal was to have this uh, before July 1st. Okay. Apparently, that's still the goal. Uh, personally, I'm a bit skeptical, but either <laughs> way, like it's happening. It's happening fairly quickly, like in the grand scheme of things, you know, yeah. had decades of, of, of prohibition. And This is the end of
2: it. Got it. Got it. Give us a sense of how how the federal and the province play. Is there are there province by province aspects to this or is this universal across across all provinces?
3: So the federal is basically uh, legalizing recreational marijuana. Now, how this is exactly set up will be province by province. So each of the provinces, one, one, they want the tax tax money, right? So so they need to set up in a way that will maximize that for them. So each of the provinces uh, have fairly different setups. For example, Ontario... This will be sold through a company that we have here that's called LCBO, which is a crown corporation owned by the Ontario government. Okay. LCBO currently sells, it's it's the Liquor Board of Ontario, so it's oh, okay. uh, It's
2: like the SAQ in Quebec. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Yes. So they sell uh, liquor uh, and they, they basically regulate this whole thing and then marijuana would come under their, their umbrella.
2: So actually let's let's talk about this just briefly so people understand just from a market dynamic point of view, because in the US we don't have this in the same way, is that
3: alcohol
2: yeah. uh, alcohol is actually sold by the province. So, yep. uh, I know in Quebec we have the the SAQ, you know, certainly all hard alcohol and some certain wines and things like that are purchased you you purchase through an SAQ store. So you don't have the same kind of market as you do here in in the US with local liquor stores. Similarly in Ontario, they have their own government controlled liquor sale program and you I, I know in quebec you can buy wine and beer through grocery stores and other places as well is that the same in uh, ontario or do they have do they control all all alcohol sales
3: yeah i'm pretty into ontario actually but uh, the thing from what i understand is they control all the alcohol sales and there's another entity that's called the beer store that where you can buy uh, uh beer and the, the like beer store i haven't seen beer in, uh, in in grocery stores though
2: yeah i remember that uh from college days um, <laughs> <laughs> So there will be a similar kind of model that the provinces will be involved in the actual dispensing and sale yeah. of a
3: marijuana product. Well, not all provinces. If you look at Alberta, for example, they're they're talking about having private okay. uh, private companies selling it. So the thing is, it's just that the, all the provinces basically set their own framework Got to it. how this works. Another difference, uh, as an example, is Quebec is saying that you will not be able to grow your own as as an individual mm-hmm. for personal use, whereas Ontario, this is possible. This is possible as of now. Like this is the the way
2: they're setting this up. Got it. So 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 those those kind of. The finer aspects of how the market actually produces, distributes, dispenses product will be kind of dialed in, basically determined by the provincial legislatures on a case-by-case basis. Exactly. All right. I think that gives us a, a sense of where the federal uh, situation is, what the time frame is. Provincially, those things are getting worked out. So, so talk about the market and and you know how sort of canicure, you know what it is, how it plays in the market, what its focus is, what it how it's hoping to kind of take advantage of, of the legislation as it rolls out? Give us a sense of that.
3: Yeah, so the thing is, what this has created is that you have a lot of companies that are coming in. I was looking a little bit earlier. There's 92 licensed producers. I'm talking about just cultivation licenses. Well, actually, I should explain this. Yeah. So the way the licenses work here is that you can get a cultivation license, which lets you cultivate marijuana, and then you can sell it to uh, another licensed producer. Or well, basically that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can get a sales license where you can sell that to in, when you can sell the marijuana that you're produced or that you bought from somebody else. And you can sell it to an individual that has a, a medical card or or the like. Okay. Okay. So 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 it's basically a two step process. Now the thing is. Right now, so we have 92 licensed producers where I'm talking about cultivation and about half of these have sales licenses. Now, us at Canacare, the way we saw, we saw things, we're in the process of getting our, our cultivation license. So the way we saw us doing things and uh, to, to take advantage of the fact that there's a lot of companies that want to sell to people uh-huh. is that we have 150,000 square foot facility in Fort Erie, where we'll be focusing on processing cannabis. So we'll be doing extraction. We'll be doing uh, edibles. We'll be doing you know any type of these things. Got it. Now this is we're in the process of getting all these licenses for these, but this is how it's starting. Now the other thing is that we also have we're in the process of getting licensing for our, our greenhouse, which is in uh, Kingsville in Essex County, which is an eighty-acre greenhouse, and this will be our focus for cultivation. So we'll be growing at the greenhouse, shipping it to to Fort Erie, and then, and then processing it here.
2: Processing, got it. So you're going li- to literally do the growing at the greenhouse in Essex, uh, create the raw plant material, transport it to your other location for basically turning it into a saleable product. So you're actually going to take it to an extraction, take it to a an edible uh, ready-to-sell. Uh, are you doing packaging and things like that, or are you, you letting the final seller do the final packaging to it?
3: So... so the idea is to have this whole thing as a turnkey uh, as a turnkey solution. So yes there will be packaging you know people can send us their artwork and then do and then we'll hmm. be doing the packaging of this Now I just want to be clear like in terms hmm. of timeline we I would say uh, months away from from getting able to yeah. to, to do the whole turnkey thing. Mm -hmm. But we're moving there at a very quick pace. Got it. And the more licensed producers there are, the better it is for us because this is more customers for us.
2: Yeah, so it's interesting. So you're really kind of taking the the sort of the early part of the process and say, look, let's be experts in that. Let's partner then essentially have have as clients all those people that are good at the the marketing and the retail and, you know, Getting customers and building customer yeah. relationships and, and just being really good suppliers. Uh, it's like a third party manufacturer uh, uh OEM kind of of a, of of these products. Yeah. So I think from a business model, that makes sense. Now, are you going to be supplying or is the idea that you're going to be working just in the side of Ontario or throughout uh, throughout Canada?
3: Uh, we're going to be working throughout Canada of course yeah. we're closest in Ontario and then we're building our network let say with, with Ontario first mm-hmm. so we're talking to people uh, outside as well and we're even talking to people in outside of Canada as well so we're talking about Europe where you know Germany just opened their uh, yeah. borders to medical marijuana it's a big big thing this week there's a conference there about medical marijuana that I think a lot of people are looking to and uh, this is a big opportunity I mean, Germany has more people than Canada, and this is uh, this can be potentially huge. And Canadian company have the expertise to make this legally within within a level of quality that the german people are used to with drugs with yeah. with uh, with pharmaceutical drugs so this is a this is a big this is a big plus for canada
2: yeah and i think that's i mean that's one of the interesting things you know just from a business point of view that the canadian you know market offers which is you know you've got you figured it out you figured out the federal leg- legislation so you can actually participate yeah. on a global economy uh, you know we're still kind of stuck here in the u.s with uh you know, this kind of uh, the federal issues and, and you know, we can't, it's hard to contemplate participating at the international level when you're dealing with uh, the, reg, the the restrictions that we're under. So, well, so let, let's talk a little bit about, so so I get I get the role that you want to play in the market. I, I think it's a good point that the market really is international now, not just national for you or federal now for you in terms of, you know, the, the scope of this. Uh, let's talk about the, kind of the grow side first, because I think that's, interesting i mean I, you said this facility was 40 acres uh 80 acres 80 acres so you've got 80 yeah. acres of greenhouse facilities yeah. when, when you start to contemplate you know going from you know having a little tent in your basement you know growing a couple of plants like to going 80 acres like how how do you actually or what are the considerations or factors that go into thinking about a, a growing at that scale like how have you guys what have you learned or what are the things that you're you're grappling with
3: I have to say we're still learning, uh, and we have, as I said, we have some ways to go. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, it's just that everything is is much bigger in a sense that all the dealings, all the you know the technology that needs to be implanted to control all of this is just at uh, well, what it means to be at a bigger scale is that something that you know would affect you, let's say one in one thousand or one in one million, they would affect like you have to take care of that because yeah. one in one million will happen, you know. Yeah. You, You're you're doing it like, and and this will happen. You have to to, to plan for this. And uh, it's really, I would say it's also figuring out how to use all that capacity and to make sure that we can be, you know, you don't want to flood the market either, right? Yeah. So you need to make sure that you're profitable in doing this. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, really finding the way that we can use this in a very cost-efficient way and uh, that we can have a product that's high quality and then cost-efficient.
2: Yeah. And your, your role there is head of quality and compliance. Yeah. So what is your day-to-day look like or what are the things that you're focused on relative to this whole kind of production process?
3: Yeah, I would say right now, my role is uh, quality and compliance, but at the startup phase. So my day-to-day is very uh, hectic in the sense that, well, you can see in the video, but uh, you you can't hear that. But the thing is just here, everything is temporary right now. I'm in Fort Erie right now and uh, they're doing the construction, uh, building the walls and everything. So it's making sure that that this is going on. to, uh, according to plans, and then there's no issue related to the the compliance, which is the no issue related to the law. Let's say. Yeah. In terms of the greenhouse, at this point, is preparing all the reports. The way an application works. Uh, with Health Canada is that you need to submit several reports. Uh, one of the most important ones is the quality assurance report which will have all your SOPs uh, so all your standard operating procedures yep. from uh, you know uh, how you grow how you package uh, how you investigate if you know you didn't follow your packaging procedure how do you investigate that discrepancy mm-hmm. all of that need to be written down. Those that are familiar with the pharmaceutical space will, will be very familiar with this mm. uh, but uh, if you're not it can be very very daunting. Because uh, yeah. we have, I don't remember how many documents, but it has to be around like three hundred to four, three hundred fifty documents that we submitted, and this, this we're looking to submit as well for the greenhouse. So,
2: so my understanding is your background's in the pharmaceutical space. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about what you've been able to learn or what you've been able to apply from uh, your experience in pharmaceutical to this space, and then what what has been new and challenging.
3: So, in terms of pharma, like what I've been able to bring is this understanding of what Health Canada wants us to do. So Health Canada is there to make sure that we are bringing in a product that is safe for people. The the quality, you know, want to have a product that, you know, it tastes good or whatever, but Mm -hmm. the Health Canada role is not that, right? It's just to make sure that, you know, nobody takes it and then has a really bad experience. Hopefully nobody dies or anything Mm -hmm. like this. And they need us to prove that to them. Yeah. And to prove that to them, you need to have all that documentation and you need to show that you are following that documentation. You know, if you say that you're going to do X and then, and then, well, you, you're going to do A, then B, then you do A, then B. You don't do A, then C, you know? Yeah. So, so this is very important and this is something that you, that, coming from pharma is not really something that you see in other industries like uh, that are not highly regulated. This is something that can bring and show, make things smoother when you're going to apply with Health Canada. Yeah. Now, the thing that has been more challenging, I would say, is pharma is a little bit more like this mentality is entrenched in pharma. So it's, it's it's easy to explain. Whereas here, you have a lot of people that come from a lot of different backgrounds. And then explaining this can be a bit difficult to, to understand. If you haven't lived through a health candidate inspection or or, regu- or regulators inspection from or whatever industry, it's hard to explain exactly what it is. I try to say that it's a little bit like, you know, when you go through customs and then they start asking you a bunch of questions and, and the like, it, it's a little bit like this, but you know, it lasts... It lasts a whole day, you know, or a few <laughs> days or a week or something like this, right? So they're not here. They're not your enemy or anything like yeah. this. They're, they're doing their job and everything. But the, you need to understand that you're answering questions in a way that you, you want to go through it, right? Yeah. So, so, so that's the thing. And then explaining that to people is one thing. Of course, uh, I learned a lot about growing marijuana, which I did not know uh, yeah. about before joining this industry. Yep. It's really fascinating, it's really interesting and uh, this is uh, yeah it's, this is this is, uh, this is a super exciting opportunity to, to be able to be part of the industry at this point in time
2: yeah yeah I, I think that's an important point which is this where we are in this whole kind of you know cannabis business cannabis space is this this really kind of intersection or, or um, mashup of, of you know the, sort of the the marijuana pot, culture you know historically with this kind of pharmaceutical medical science with you know business investors you know looking to you know create you know new companies new profit streams and then the international stuff i mean we've got all these kind of Regulation, market dynamics, you know, people coming up with standardizations, like how do we even define what these products are in a way that we can buy and sell and trade and, you know, create international standards around this. It's it, it really, it's a, it's a fascinating time. So I guess tell me, where what are some of the things that you're focused on in the coming months in terms of, you know, both the the industry, cannabis industry in general, the things you're waiting for, have happened, uncertainties that you see that uh, are going to be big to kind of watch out for as all this unfolds in the coming months and years?
3: yeah in terms of the cannabis industry in general the way i see it is the main thing that i see is really how medical marijuana will take off in the country in the countries where it's not right now yeah. so so the thing is if you look you know germany does it and this is a big deal like you look at the stock market when this started happening that was like late last year and then people started realizing that canada can sell there like it did start blowing up this is germany this is one country uh there's other countries in, in Europe that are doing it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of big countries that are not there, like France or you know or the like. And those countries eventually will get there. Like as you get more and more data that supports that medical marijuana is useful mm-hmm. and and can be uh, used for treatments, then you get all those countries that, that come in. And as you get more and more data that, you know, you can get a lot of money out of it, then con- governments will want to jump in as well. Yeah, Even the United States, like uh, recently I've seen that they're looking at medical marijuana at a federal level. Yeah. And this is going to be a big deal, like uh, to, to be able to sell to the U S it's 300 million people against 30 million people in Canada. Yeah. Uh, so this will have a, a massive impact. And of course uh, the other big thing is uh, recre- recreational marijuana where you uh, where you're multiplying your uh, your client pool by 10 or, or more. Mm-hmm. This is uh, seeing how it will evolve in Canada, which is the biggest country to do it, like on a federal level yeah. at this point, uh, will be very interesting. I think a lot of countries are looking into this. One big thing is, uh, and I don't know if people are aware, like Uruguay is, is another country that, that legalized recreational marijuana. Yeah. And they've had some issues with banking, uh, where... Oh, where it was not possible for people to use banks at all. Like so so it was a purely a cash business. And I think that in the US this is we have this some is of those true same well problems. For,
2: yeah, yeah. to to some extent. That's correct, yeah.
3: So we're looking uh, really to see like how Canada will, will approach this issue because uh, international treaties are still there and there's there can be some issues there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it does seem like there's a lot of sort of secondary and tertiary issues around the markets and secondary market I think other markets that need to also catch up that are going yeah. to impact or at least create stumbling blocks potentially at certain stages. So figuring out what those are and getting ahead of them. And, and honestly, those are probably where the, the other business opportunities are for, for people yeah, that are was- interested in getting in here. Stefan, so this was amazing. Um, if people wanted to find out more about you and Canicure and uh, the business, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
3: Well, I would say the best thing is to go to Canacure.ca, mm-hmm. uh, our website. Uh, I'm guessing by the time they read this is going to be up and uh, running. They can find more information about this. Right. Uh, I'm, I think you're putting my uh, contact info. Uh, if anyone has any questions, uh, feel free to ask. Yeah, uh, and uh, my email is going to be there. And uh, yeah,
2: perfect. Yeah, I'll make sure that uh, your email address and the uh, link to the website is on the show notes here, and uh, I. I really appreciate it. This is it's, it's an exciting time, uh, yeah. and I'm curious to see uh, how this plays out. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting 6-12 months. So uh, I'll look forward yeah, to keeping in touch is. and and seeing how you guys do.
3: Yeah, and thanks uh, thanks for having me. And uh, I really look forward to listening to the other interviews on the podcast. Like yeah. it, it's it's a very good idea.
2: Yeah, excellent. Thanks, Stefan. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> uh, merci. <Au> revoir. <laughs> Take care. Have a good day. Cheers.
3: <laughs> you too. Ciao.